This is the hard truth of Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour Never Settle. Uh, I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I only carried the best. I carried the M11. Uh, so I recommend you do the same thing. Uh, six Hour Never Settle. Always carry the best. We are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out. Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.net, London Center for Policy Research, londoncenter.org, and on every known social media site on the planet. So uh, today, uh, out of uh, all the people we could have brought on for summer fun, uh, we've decided to bring on uh, our sponsor, Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor, this vice president, executive vice president of Six Hour, the man who actually runs the company uh, without any, uh, I, I don't want to get you in trouble, but I think you are the man who I think has driven the innovation and effectiveness of SIG. So Tom, welcome to The Hard Truth. Hi, Tony. Thanks for thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously when you're accomplishing some of the things that SIG is accomplishing, it's a, there's a lot of good people involved in this. And of course, our CEO, Ron's been here since 2004 and uh you know he's been the driving force behind this but uh for my role in it whatever that is i've had a blast doing it and uh yeah it's been a, it's been a good ride in the commercial side the military side building this brand into something better than it, than it even already was uh back in the day when you carried your m11a1 and your your brothers on the seal teams carried the mk25 and so forth so uh yeah it's been a fun ride for sure so i i uh i i often uh get asked about what I did in combat and I don't get to talk about what I did much and I won't talk about a lot of it now, but I will say whenever I had to shoot people, I appreciated having the very best weapon available to me to do that. And I, and I'm not joking. I, I did have a choice. I always say this at the beginning of the show. Uh, I did have a choice of what I carried in combat and the weapon that I found to be most effective, most durable, uh, I don't want to discourage people from cleaning their weapon, but if you are in an environment where a lot of things are flying around, a lot of dust, the SIG performed brilliantly. I never had an issue ever, not once. And so uh, that that quality uh, has continued. Uh, I still carry SIGs, obviously, and we'll talk about that in a second. But more importantly, uh, to your to, to what you've done, Tom, uh, you you I've I've watched your other interviews with the gun industry and they always are wanting to talk about uh little uh, i don't want to say little issues but they're they're issues more about uh how well the gun shoots uh what caliber you're going to have next and and i i find it all interesting and it's very clear that that they come to you because you guys have opened the door for partnerships one of the most important things i think you guys could have done is like you didn't make this all a little black box like you know you're the opposite of Apple. Like Apple, if you want to have something fixed, you got to take it to their little their little kiosk, and they got to fix it. You guys are like, no, let's let's bring them all together. So, right here on my desk, I've got uh, Icarus Icarus Flame. You're you're, you're partnering with Icarus. This, I, this is one of my carry frames. I love this. Uh, of course, uh, we have here Wilson Combat. Uh, uh, what were you thinking? I mean, how, how did you do this to get everybody like coming to Sig to, to partner with you guys? Well, I think we just we were open, um, and I think we looked at the you know we look at history. We like to we like to look forward. We also like to look backward. You know, if you look at the original uh, customizable gun, I'm not going to say it was modular because that's probably not the right term. But the the gun that people love to customize was always a 1911. But right. you know, if you go back in the day, you know, if you wanted to customize, you probably had to send it to a gunsmith, and especially when they were when they were exploding in popularity, you might have to wait three or six months to get your gun back, maybe a year in some cases to get it back from some custom gunsmith. 
uh, Wilson Combat maybe back in the day if you had your gun customized or whatever. But um, you know, and then and then the next uh, more modular product line that people love to adapt was the M4, um, and and so that became sort of very customizable. And so when you look at the 1911 and how many variations of it are, but it's mostly gunsmith work. You look at an M4. There's certainly more things that an end user can do that it's a little easier to change out hand guards and stocks and you know different um, you know different kinds of accessories, charging handles and things like that. You know, it's definitely a little more user adaptable. But the 320, I mean, you do not have to be a gun expert to mod, you know, to, right. to take advantage of the modular nature of the 320. And so, you know, the very the very premise of the gun was to really chase the MHS, uh, the U.S. Army's modular handgun system. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being the new kid on the block, only a couple of years old, not even two years old, when we went into that competition, the U.S. Army's contract um, said modular handgun system. And I think some people just went in to that saying, oh, this is, you know, my team's on the court, so to speak, and uh, this is my gun. And, and we said, no, we're going to build what they want. And, you know, I think people love to be able to customize stuff. If you look all over the the sort of consumer products landscape right now, people love to co customize cars, shoes, you know, you name it, purses, whatever. And so companies that are really listening to consumers are building products that are that are modular and can be adapted and customized. So, uh, yeah, we love that. And the, the only way to do it, being the new kid on the block, was to A, sell a lot of guns, which we were fortunate enough to do that. Right. And maybe be open minded to talking to partners and saying, yeah, there's a lot of money to be had out there and we can probably make more of it ourselves if we just keep it all all in house. But we wanted to, to make it inclusive and we said they're going to do it anyway. So we might as well partner with them, send them the correct drawings and things like that and uh, work with them on, you know, quality and testing and let them know what our testing standards are so that the products that are made for the 320 by by our endorsed partners uh, like a Nicarus or Wilson combat are, are made to those standards. So yeah, just why not, why not make it more accessible for the end user to, to customize their 320 and, and, you know, make no mistake about it. We're selling plenty of our own stuff, but, we, but why not allow more people to, to be in the game, so to speak? Well, that's the next thing I wanted to cover. Yeah. So you've also done the full metal frame for the 320 here. I've got one, you know, I actually do buy your stuff, by the way, just so you know, actually, yeah, you, you know, you know, people, right? I know people. And this is one of the things I, I bought without you guys knowing. I just went to the website and bought it. And this is one of the metal. This is the aluminum frame. Uh, AXG, right? This is the AXG frame, right? Is that the, what you guys call it? The, yep. So I, I, I like this a lot. I carry it because it is. Uh, I, I like the old M11 because, you know, I often talk. Here's my modified. Don't kill me, Tom, because I modified my M11. This is the M11A1, and I put actually, I, I, I wanted something with serration, so I actually took and bought off your website. You can buy these off the website, by the way, yep. uh, the, the Legion uh, Gray uh, slide. So it's it's a it's a modified M11. But, you know, to your point, you guys embrace the idea of being creative. So this is one of my, when I don't want to, when I don't want to, when I don't need a light, this is one of my carry, and I'm very comfortable with it because I carried a similar weapon in combat. So just saying. And so, but to the point though, you, after developing your own accessories, you also go the other way and make extraordinarily uh, well-manufactured, full up, ready to go weapons, which is of course the the Legion line. So obviously I've got a couple of Legion. This is the uh, the uh, 10 millimeter uh, uh, P220. 
uh, obviously, in Legion Grey. And I've read a lot about this. Uh, also, uh, I have for the audience who, who can see, but listen, is the 45 uh, double action. And again, Sig, uh, to your credit, people are going to modify them anyway. So and you get them both ways, which is a good thing. I'm not I'm not being critical here. Yep. You actually have an extraordinarily gifted staff who actually will customize in the SIG line weapons that most you you get most accessories of what you want on a high end weapon at a very reasonable price for, yep. for that. And I think people have noted that But a lot of people were skeptical, Tom, about the Legion line. Oh, it's just another gimmick. But yeah. you, it's a, it's a real line of effective weapons. Yeah. No, it's it's um, it's been a little bit of a an animal in in and of itself. Uh, you know, when we yeah. when we launched the Legion line, we knew the the original two two six and two two nine had a tremendous amount of upgrades. It was not just a you know paint color on a gun or whatever, and a, and right. a full marketing spin for a club. It truly was an upgraded gun. And and as we multiplied the number of Legion products and then the the categories we have our Legion products in. You know, sometimes we'll we'll not launch a product that we know should be you know something in the Legion line because we don't have enough we don't have enough things put, to put on it to to justify it as a Legion product. We didn't maybe we didn't have enough engineering time at that time to do it because we were working on you know army contracts or something else. But um, you know, as we when we launch something in, in the Legion line, you know, we want to make sure that you look at it. And you don't say this is just a marketing spin. And I think right. the the vote, if you will, to to suggest the success of the program. Right now, uh, just blows my mind that we we thought when we first launched those two guns back in 2015 that we'd we'd do about three to five thousand and it would peter out. You know, we'd sell a few of them; they're expensive, and then it'd be kind of cool. And and you know, we hoped that it would grow over time a little bit. Now we've had over 40 Legion products, and some of them are, are, are smaller variations. But, I've seen. Uh, I'm amazed. There's 160,000 Legion members. Holy cow! Wow. And, and Legion members can't just join. You have to buy the gun to join. Right. And there's some crazy stats. I don't have them right in front of me, but something like 30% of Legion members own more than one Legion product. And something like 17% of Legion members own more than three. Wow. So, you know, it's like crazy. And, and we have our Camp Legion each year. We have a couple of Camp Legions where Legion members can sign up and come to come to SIG for a week and get sort of like factory tours. We always make sure Ron Cohen is here. They get they go into his office and meet with him while they're doing their factory tours. We send them over to the academy, SIG Academy to shoot for two and a half days. And you know, then there's some fun whining and dining here in the historic Portsmouth, uh, city of Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. And um, yeah, we, we just this year, we did, we did two camps. One was a standard Camp Legion for 40 people plus a guest. The other was something we're calling Camp Legion Alumni. So people who have been and want to come back now don't have to go through the same agenda. They have a, a different agenda for the week. Yeah. And uh, those two classes for 40 people each sold out in 13 minutes. Wow. And, uh, they're not free. The The cost is about is over $4,000 plus travel. And uh, not only were they sold out, the standard Camp Legion, I believe, had over 225 people on the waiting list. And the alumni event, which has only had about 300 people, over time come to the Camp Legions. We had a waiting list on that of, of 45 people, so more than the ones who actually were able to get, get in yeah. on it. What that tells us is we're probably gonna have to add some Camp Legions, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, when people are willing to reach into their pocket and give us 5,000, four or $5,000 to come up here and spend a week with us, um, you know, I think we're onto something. People love fine products. They love, they love to learn the story behind the product. And, uh, 
yeah, we um, we're really proud of that program. It really was something that uh, is the you know SIG already has a great reputation, and and uh, you know that program allowed us to really double down on that reputation a bit. Well, I'm I'm amongst the double owners of SIG uh, Legion because I do I do believe in it because I'll call you a thirty percenter, I guess a thirty percenter. That's right. As, as so, uh, but and also. Just for our audience to know, we were planning something this month to do from the Experience Center, which we still will do. It's just everything's been postponed, but we will do something from the Experience Center because it's an amazing place. I have not been in it yet. We we were last visit to see you, Tom, was I think the week before it opened. It's like talk about a near miss. Yeah. Uh, but we will be doing some things, and obviously we will come up. We will be there physically to go through and and, and highlight the. the the center so we will get to that because that's a great a great new story it's amazing but, there's nothing like it in the industry i mean if you it's right it's, you know, sig academy was already 140 acres and one of the nicest training facilities in the world as you know uh, and you've been there oh yeah uh, many times but um but yeah the sig experience center you know gave us because you know we do factory tours for various reasons but you can't just drive up to the factory and get a factory tour so so many people were interested in seeing sig we we were able to come up with and we call it the SIG Experience Center because it's a 6,000 square foot, you know, just crazy, nice uh, flagship store. There's a museum there. There's a conference center. There's now a public range because the academy used to only be classes. Uh, there's, a, there's a private club for, for the range members. Uh, there's a, a conference center. Um, it's truly a, a, a way to sort of see SIG and see everything we're about. And uh, I look forward to you, for, uh, for you to get up here and see it because uh, you've seen the factory. You've seen. Yeah. You've seen the inside of SIG, but we really wanted a way to, to have people. There's even a, a section of the museum that has a, fla- a map of America, and you can you can push a button over New Hampshire, Arkansas, Oregon, so you can see tours, virtual tours of the facilities for firearms and suppressors here in New yeah. Hampshire, and then ammunition in Arkansas and our optics facilities up in Oregon, which is just we just added another building up in Oregon to that that operation. So uh, that's yeah, very, very interesting. So, uh, and by the way, Tom, just you know, I'm doing wind sprints because uh, the activity we're talking about is going to require me to actually get off my my fret, fat spreading behind and do something in the field. So I, I'll leave it at that. I won't. I won't. I, that'll be enough of a tease for the audience. You uh, actually having to you know run and sweat and breathe that's hard right. and all that stuff. Yeah, that's right. At 61, it's it's it gets tougher and tougher. You know, what I'm saying, but uh, you're still so young. I look forward to me. So, <laughs> so next is. Still on the 320. So here, here's my version of the M18. I carry it. I, I love that the slide. Uh, one of my favorite carry weapons. This is what I carry in my cho- ch- chest rig when I'm out in the woods doing things. And obviously, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the the Wilson Combat uh, frame. It's not the only frame I carry, but it's one of my favorite. For those who are watching or listening, I'm holding up right now essentially the, uh, the the civilian version of the M18, which is the Marine Corps weapon, which is a great choice by the Marines. But I obviously use uh, the Wilson Combat uh, grips, and I, 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 you know, I don't want to get into the grips. We could do a whole show on grips, but we'll, we won't do that today. But I will bring up another of my favorite grips, which is my bedside weapon, uh, is the uh, the tungsten infused grip, uh, which, by the way, I, I did paint. I went to to Brownells and bought the paint and put on the gray, so it all looks uniform. But this is my my bedside. Uh, weapon, which got a light on it and everything. So this is the 320 uh, uh, compact that I, I carry. All right, boy, I'm next to the bed. And so uh, one of the things about this, again, innovation is that who thought of putting tungsten 
in a plastic. It's brilliant. And it gives a lot of weight. I feel very confident with this. If I have to pick it up in the middle of the night, it's got some weight. The, 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 the plastic frame still ha absorbs the recoil, but you've got the actual weight of, of metal there. So who, who came up with this? This is brilliant. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, when the way the ideation works here, you know, you get in rooms and people throw out ideas and so forth. But, um, you know, our product management team and our engineers got together and and uh, said, you know, what an idea to have the, the added weight and, and pliability of the, of the polymer and, and have tungsten infused into it. And if you think that's easy. No, uh, it's not. Yeah, I've seen the videos on it. The, once the idea was hatched and then when the engineers had to go start testing the right amount of tungsten, so it's not brittle, it doesn't crack. I mean, we, we, we thought we'd never get it to market because of that, you know, just the, the science between the polymer and the tungsten to make sure it, it's, you know, the right, the right mix to not crack and to not do all the wrong things and that sort of stuff is just absolutely amazing to understand the amount of research and development that has to go into that. I mean, right now, you know, part of what makes the magic happen here at SIG is, you know, in, in around 2014, 15, I got here in 15, the company had what I would say was a, a standard number of engineers for a company of our size. I think it was between design, quality, and um, uh, manufacturing engineers. Um, we had about 25 engineers in the company. Yeah. And um, today that number is 400. Wow. So, you know, I think if you added the top 10 gun companies in the world together, I don't think you'd have 400 engineers in, in 10 gun companies. So uh, it's just been, uh, you know, a way of life here. We're an engineering, we're an engineering company. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of almost look at ourselves like we're not a gun company, we're an engineering company. And when you it's look at the guns we introduced, you know, Ron, Ron's mantra has been, you know, we could have built a pocket pistol three or four years before we launched the 365, maybe more. Right. Ron said, I'm not doing that unless we can come up with the right idea. And, and it was an, an interesting conversation on the day it happened when, when Ron had this big idea he wanted to pursue in another one of our lines. It was one of his like pet projects. And uh, myself, the head of our law enforcement division and our head of, of uh, engineering sat with him and said, no, we all agree that the right gun to build is a pocket pistol. And he said, well, then what would, what would be the number one thing that we could innovate into a pocket pistol? And we all said capacity. Yeah. And so that's how the 365 idea was born. But if you look across the product line, the MPX, the MCX, the 320, 365, the cross rifle and so on, it's, there's, there's nothing that we do is just like, yep, I'm going to just look at the best product in the industry and replicate it. You know, we want to make sure there was some reason why, you know, you went out and got that, even our P322 pistol that we lost last year, having a 22 pistol, but that 22 has, you know, holds 20 rounds. And, and Oh, it's, it's my I gun. fired. It, it, that is a sweet, that's my next purchase, by the way, Tom. I'm, I'm saving up for that. That's going to, that's a, that's an amazing weapon. Yeah. Well, that's maybe the beauty of it. If you're, you know, some people might be out there saying, you know, I don't necessarily buy SIG because they're a little bit more expensive than some other brands, but the 322, while it's one of the more expensive 22 pistols, it's still not expensive. So it's no. wanted to look at it like, you know, this could be a, a, a gateway drug, if you will, to SIG so that, you know, if you don't have the money today to go out and buy a Legion, you can buy a P322 and, uh, you know, it allows people to experience the quality and, and uh, the feel and the shootability of, of a SIG. And, and uh, so that was kind of the concept behind doing a 22 pistol. So let me ask you, this is, I'm doing an audible here. 
How does SIG Germany feel about all your success? I mean, it, this has got to be like driving them nuts by the fact that you guys have essentially become SIG Sauer. I mean, is, 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 is am, I, am I asking an inappropriate question? Is this going to get you in trouble or something? I mean, I... No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it, it's an interesting question because essentially there is no SIG Germany. That, that's I mean, my point. Factory closed. So SIG Germany are our two owners. And uh, I think they probably like... The, the dividends that we send them. And so Probably. I think they're happy, you know, it's like, um, you know, I, it was just that the right people at the right time at the right place came together in New Hampshire, in, in America and in New Hampshire and created a company that is, has been successful and, and had a lot of innovation, a lot of wins. And, you know, these decisions to close factories in Europe, you know, certainly didn't come easy. Right. And so, you know, the decisions had to be made because what, what was the most, logical and prudent way to go forward so our owners are very very smart men and uh i think they said yeah it's let's let's uh, base the operation in the u.s and uh you know we're very we're, we're proud of the german heritage you know the owners and you know if you look at the the core principles of the company uh you know it's sort of swiss engineering and german quality you know it's like german german stuff is known to be very precise and and uh, all those things and then i mean the swiss are known for precision and engineering and those sorts of things and so the 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 origins of the company come from two of the countries that are you know some of the most uh high quality products in the world if you look at mercedes and different brands like that that come out of germany and then you look at you know the watch industry that comes out of switzerland or whatever that those countries are known for those kind of things and so the good news is the principles of those the foundation that was built in Germany and Switzerland is still, you know, still prevalent. It just happens to live here in America. And I think that's great. Well, I think it's the ultimate uh, expression of American exceptionalism. Swiss, Swiss, Swiss call it quality, quality, German engineering and American innovation. What a, what a sweet uh, combination. And that, that brings me to my last topic, which is your military programs, which I think are also about to become the envy of the world. Uh, let me preface this. A lot of things going on. I don't want to get you in trouble by trying to get you to talk about China because I talk about China a lot. And China is actually innovating their uh, small arms. They've actually gone to two things that uh, indicate to me as a, a guy who studied this a day or two that they're, pro they're uh, posturing for war. They've abandoned their Type 95 assault weapon to upgrade to something that's equivalent to the the M4. Uh, so they're still a generation behind us, but they've recognized they got to have better weapons with modularity, which you guys are masters of. Other thing that they're doing is they're giving their folks body armor. Well, it so happens that I think there's a weapon system you guys are working on. It may even defeat most types of, of uh, body armor. I don't want to go down that path. Not this time, maybe next time. But I just want to talk about the fact that you guys have, have cornered, I think appropriately so, uh, the new technology. You wrangled out of, I think, your own pocket, the engineering, all those amazing engineers you put together, you decided on your own without any government money, we're going to do some innovation here and we're going to build a better mousetrap. So let's talk about the XM5 uh, and XM7 and, and where we're at on that, because you guys won the contract, God bless you, and you guys are getting close to, to moving forward to get that out to the Army here soon, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it really was all organic. I mean, uh, it was sort of Ron's dream. Um, you know, the handgun contract back in 2017 was yeah. you know, was incredible, and and he was so proud at that moment. It, you know, it was it was probably the crowning achievement of the company in the company's history. Um, 
but this this uh, NGSW, the Next Generation Squad Weapon uh, contract, is is really the it's probably the the biggest. It's not probably it is the the largest small arms award in military history. Wow, and I think that's that's worldwide. And so yeah. um, the products that that are part of that. Uh, all served a, were to serve a purpose, and one of them was to give us, you know, not without getting a body armor and that sort of stuff. It was to really create a more lethal force, and so right. I think that's what the military was trying to achieve with the NGSW contract. And so, um, yeah, the the pro, there's, so there's four products that are part of that, and then there's other stuff that Sig is making that'll be also connected to it. But the actual NGSW, and so interesting, you, you said the X, the XM5, and the XM7. Actually, the XM5 is uh, is not going to be part of the. It's not part of the nomenclature. So the original guns were the XM5 and the XM250. Those were the gotcha. Two. And uh, the XM5 had to be changed to XM7 because the Army chose to honor a. Uh, they didn't have to because the U.S. government doesn't have to do this. I don't believe, but uh, Colt has a product called the uh, M5, and so the Army, in respect for their history with Colt, I think decided not to go down that path. And so gotcha. changed the product to the XM7 and the XM250. And then obviously when they get adopted officially, they'll drop the X and they'll be the, M, the M7 and the M250. So for all right. these years, you've heard M16, M4, M240, M249, and so on. You know, those products, um, you know, they'll be around in our arsenal for some time because there's just so many thousands, hundreds of thousands of those products out there. But as the military transitions uh, to the new platforms, um, they'll, they're going to start with the frontline fighters because the frontline fighters are going to be the, the troops that need the most uh, firepower, if you will. Right. So, you know, they are they're innovative. They, they have folding stocks. They're compact. They're light. Um, the recoil mitigation systems are, are shocking. Um, they are. I've you know, I've I've I know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they are. So that's what happens when you have a lot of engineers working on projects. Um, and so I know we don't have all the time in the world. So the headlines of the two rifles, which are really not the most important thing we did, by the way, the rifles are secondary. And I'll talk about that in just a second. But the rifles um, really had all those attributes that we're going, you know, we're going from a, a, a 5.56 round uh, to a, a 7.62 seven, size caliber uh the army's calling it a 6.8 hybrid yeah so it's a 6.8 size or or you know 7.62 by 51 size 308 size whatever you want to call it, it's that size right. so we're moving up in caliber size from the 5.56 so you already get a larger bullet you know akin to what the 240 shoots um but the difference is it has um it has that rocket booster if you will um, on the back of the the brass which is a steel cap which has allowed us to make a called a 308 size bullet into something that has the ballistic capabilities of a 300 wind mag. Right. So you have a 308 size bullet, you know, this this big, and then you know, it, and it has the firepower of a bullet this big because at the base of the bullet, um, you know, you have a little you have a little steel crown uh, right. that allowed us to turn the 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 powder up the the actually the uh, the energy of the bullet up. So you're really talking about overpressure, a lot of really good overpressure that is very effectively used to, yeah. to, get, to put Tremendous it out. Pressures, but obviously you're pushing a, a smaller bullet out at a level that gives you the capability of a 300 wind mag. So if you think yeah. about, and I like to put things in the most simple terms because that helps me. 
uh, understand it. When I was talking early on in the project, our professional shooter, Daniel Horner, who was a Army marksmanship unit for years, but to this day still does a lot of training at some of the um, highest level units uh, in, in our country um, and some of our allies. But I said, what's the best way to explain this? And he said, that, that was what he told me. He said, you've essentially made a 308 size round into a 300 wind mag ballist ballistically. So now when a soldier, you know, it's a frontline soldier goes into battle or the machine gunner that's in that same unit, uh, they now have, they have one round and that round is essentially covering the battlefield with the round that our sniper forces, you know, used uh, in large part um, historically. So right. the battlefield has changed. That bullet changes oh, the yeah. battlefield. And um, the, the, yes, the, the, the XM7 is heavier than an M4, um, but it's also light compared to the payload that you're delivering. Right. And then when you get to the machine gun uh, that we call, you know, inside SIG, so that's in, in the commercial market, that, that gun, uh, the, the XM7, is called the MCX Spear. Right. Uh, and again, it's, it's heavier than an M4, but then you're delivering a, a tremendous payload. The uh, XM250, or what we call it, SIG, the LMG, light machine gun, um, you know, that gun is 17 pounds. Um, maybe with optics, it could be a couple pounds more, depending on which optic system you're using. But, you know, the guns you were going into battle with before with less payload weighed, you know, more. 10 pounds more. Oh, yeah. No, pounds. I know. I carried those darn oh, things. You've yeah. carried, you carried all those weapons. And so you carried them all up before. And it, yeah. every time we meet a machine gunner who picks up the new product they that, that's out of the military now, they usually use a curse word and say, I sure wish I could have had this gun to carry instead of the... 27 pounds that I did with, you know, with a five, five, six round, it, it was a lot of weight and not a lot of firepower. And so, you know, the 240 obviously was a little different game. And then obviously the M, the M2 was, was even a, a, the, the Modus was a completely different ball game with the, the 50 cal. So yeah, we've delivered, we've de delivered innovation in the ammunition industry. So if you really break down ammo to innovation, a bullet hasn't changed since 1840 when the brass round was invented. I mean, mm -hmm. there have been certainly new calibers and, uh, you know, neck downs and things like that. But but in terms of real innovation for something that went from, you know, standard 308 bullet might go, leave the muzzle at 60 or 65,000 PSI. But with this new hybrid technology, we've got it turned up to, I don't know, over 90,000 PSI. Right. But we can go higher than that if we want to. So the army specced it at that. And, and if we determine it needs to be more powerful, we can turn up the energy level. We're not, we're not using the full ballistic capability of the innovation. Holy cow. So, I didn't know that. So we have that. And then, and then, so there was the two rifles and, and the bullet, uh, which, you know, will change, you know, essentially change the, the American warfighter. And by the way, our allies are lining up, you know, to get in line with the same system. So the NATO discipline, we hope sort of falls in line with this. So we've already got a lot of countries that we're talking to about it. But, um, you know, the last piece of innovation that is equally as important, I think, as, as this whole system is the suppressor, because, right. as you know, uh, frontline fighters were, didn't use suppressed weapons. And, you know, they had we have a lot of hearing issues and there's there's a lot of lawsuits and things like that over hearing loss. Did you say something, Tom? No, it's a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, that's you, right? <laughs> uh, Did you say something? But as you moved on in your military career, I'm sure you put something on the end of it called a suppressor, which made your life better. Right. Right. And so. Special Forces units and that sort of thing that have used suppressors over the years had the benefit of, of uh, you know, sound, uh, less sound and, and uh, you know, a lot of things. But the, the negative side of that, which also has driven some lawsuits 
um, both in America, and I know there's a, a significant potential for a significant lawsuit in England over this, is blowback. So, uh, you know, if you, I, there's an old saying that goes something like, you know, uh, I never knew I enjoyed shooting my M4 so much until I tasted it. You know, and that's, yeah. that's because you're getting all that that toxic, you know, backflow into your face. And so that, like I said, we, we know how to build guns pretty well. We built the machine guns. They're, in, they're currently in the latter parts of testing with the Army. They're running very well. But the ammunition technology was was super complicated. And maybe even more complicated was the technology to turn that backflow around and get it out of your face with a something that's been around since, you know, the 30s or whatever with a right. suppressor. And I, by the way, Tom, I have fired both the old suppressor and your suppressor. Uh, trust me, it, that's a it, it, it zero coming back on me. And I used to have a hard time because of the gases. You just, you're trying to focus, you're trying to breathe, and you get that gas coming off the suppressor. It's hard to focus. So you guys have eliminated that. Yeah, it's it's so. uh, it is virtually eliminated. There's yeah. several ways I could explain it to you if we had more time, but I mean. You well, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back and talk about that. Yeah, we could do that. But I, you yeah. know, if you look at just a FLIR heat, uh, heat imaging video and, and you look at a you look at an unsuppressed M4 and you see you can see the red gases sort of coming back oh, yeah. to your face, but they're not significant on yeah. an unsuppressed M4, but they're there. Yeah. You look at a suppressed M4 and I mean it is just an it engulfs your face. I mean you can just see oh, it yeah. wrap around your face oh, yeah. and you're breathing all those toxic fumes. And now with the uh, SLX suppressor that that uh, is part of the contract it's basically a little burp of heat out of the out of the uh, ejection port, and so and they're and they're durable and face. they're durable and they're cleanable. I mean, they're you can you, so so kudos to uh, everything you've done. So I, unfortunately, we're out of time today. Yep. So Tom, I'd like to have you come back because this whole the principle of our interview was the innovation you guys are responsible for, and I, I we. A lot, lot to cover in, in a half an hour. Well, there's a lot more. I mean, we, the, the medium machine gun is in process. So, yeah, no, anymore. Well, you, you'll have. So I'd like to have you come back when you guys have got kind of the final product ready to go and, and talk about all that. But, uh, you know, I want our audience to know that, you know, before long before I met Tom, I was a SIG guy. I, I was a believer because of practicality. Trust me, when you're downrange and you have something that you literally depend on for your life, uh, you remember that and appreciate that. So, Tom, I have always appreciated SIG. I appreciate uh, you now and what you're doing. And thank you for being here today on The Hard Truth and talking about everything you're doing. Thank you, Tony. I always enjoy it. Thank you. We'll be back with part two uh, of The Hard Truth. Remember, we're powered by Six Hour. Never settle. I don't. You shouldn't. So let's go out and get a SIG all together. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has. Creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. 
For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is the Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer, Part Two. Hard by Six Hour, Never Settle. I don't, you shouldn't. Uh, I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I carried the best and the best of six hour. I recommend you carry the same. We are on the America Out Loud talk radio network and on their podcast network. We're on all known social media. Follow us. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> Nike sends message to follow. Just do it. And here we are back with the team. So Elizabeth Breckenkamp, the effervescent Elizabeth Breckenkamp, the uh, ever sunny and, uh, Always light, Tanya Miller, and uh, the, the always uh, uh, thoughtful and provoking uh, Chris Cordani running the board. So Probably that was a great first half with Tom. Uh, so with Elizabeth, who's also a veteran like me, what do you think about the SIG uh, innovation for the military? I think that's amazing. That is so cool. I, um, I knew they had um, won that contract, and so I had to do a little bit of research. And um, apparently they won that last year. And he said they're right. still working out, um, I guess, the budget, the funding and everything. But I do wish that uh, way back when, you know, when you and I were using the M16 A1 and then A2 rifle, that would have been nice if we had had an up. I mean, 
they weren't bad, but you got to admit, now you never had to wear glasses. I had to wear glasses when oh, I was I, on the I, rain. I did before I had LASIK. Firing, yeah, I had to wear glasses before when, LASIK. Yeah. Uh, your glasses get fogged up. That slows mm -hmm. you down and you're mm -hmm. timed. And every time you'd have to, wee, 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 you know, wipe off your glasses yeah. and then, wow. you know, and then re refocus. And no, I there's mean, a picture. Uh, there's a picture I of Elizabeth. I had that back then. There's a picture of me in basic training with my Air Force prescription glasses on when I was, I was an acting corporal uh, from yeah. uh, Fort, Fort uh, Gordon. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. So, Tanya, and how you about you? Any... And it's, yeah, and it's your glasses and your everything gets fogged up and it's, yeah. So, I'm excited. And I thought it was really cool how he was talking about, I'm not going to pretend that I understand all the physics of it, but how the ammo basically hasn't changed. I believe he said since the mm -hmm. 1850s. It's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize oh, that. Wow. But the three, uh, what was the 308? It's yeah. smaller. The rounds are smaller, but way more powerful. Right. And so, what we at why well, say we i'm a veteran now but as the army soldiers are being sent out they're going to have basically the same firepower as snipers do and i'm thinking that's awesome it's a very effective weapon <laughs> i fire it yes it, yeah. the, it's it's a really cool weapon so Tommy, over to you what do you what do you think about uh well it makes me feel it makes me feel better because yeah. I'm, I'm like wow i mean for the loved ones we have who are serving and for um just the ingenuity and and the engineering and the expertise that they inherited that the the American company are running of this has just inherited this this rich history of this product and now they just keep expanding. I'm like listening and I'm not even necessarily a gun enthusiast, but I am because I, I support it and I understand I support obviously what I support with 2A. And I have loved ones who care very much about these details and they're going to love yeah. this interview. And not only that, I, I as someone who is interested myself and um, eventually, you know, training myself, learning everything I need to learn and, and getting my own piece um, I am interested in a SIG for many, many reasons, and I like to hear about the details, and, and I know that I have loved ones who can help um, educate me further on that as well, but just to hear it, it was, it was absolutely fascinating, and I really am interested in the Experience uh, Center, the SIG Experience Center well, that he mentioned. What an fun. opportunity. Yeah. And the training in the academy, it's like, okay, this is available for people. There. I, just everything he didn't even get to mention all of it i would i guess go well, on the we'll, website check it out but that's we'll have awesome. him back well yeah we'll have him back and plus uh the next event we're hoping to do is actually at the experience center i can't give all the details away because mm -hmm. we're still being right. worked out but our, our our intention is to do a live broadcast or one of these shows or a couple things from the experience mm -hmm. center mm -hmm. for a special event which we're planning unfortunately we can't tell you more than that or we'd have to kill you all so it's great that people can can go check that out on their website and see if that's something that they're interested in or could benefit from right and it was absolutely fascinating interview much more than i could ever well thank you and then you know and again just for the audience to know i do believe in sig i have i've carried sigs mm -hmm. my entire operative career from, from from day one and so i always depended on it and, uh, mm -hmm. if I had to, if, quality. I told, yeah, yeah, if I had, if I had to go do something where I knew I was going to have to use a weapon, the SIG was the weapon I would carry. And I, and, and right. I'm very grateful for having been successful in doing missions and coming back from them in one piece using the six mm -hmm. hours part of that. So, uh, that's, right. uh, that. So Chris, uh, what do you, I mean, you're going to be the one on the hook filming all this when we go to the experience. <laughs> so I think, I think yeah. we're going to have a good time when we go up there to do all that. 
it would be great. I've always wanted to be a sniper, by the way. And <laughs> yeah. the thing is, I'm very nearsighted no, and I have poor depth perception. So sniper and proctologist are out for careers. <laughs> yeah. But I am a radio guy and a, and a video guy, so I'll be able to take care of the behind the scenes stuff. Because you can focus. You. Right? Guys, can nobody focus wants to see me on Chris, camera. Chris, have you ever considered going to, I think, is it is it uh, the Harvard School of Medicine Dental Proctology? They, they really do have a great <laughs> program there. It's uh, They get you coming and going, so to speak. There we go. Oh. <laughs> I will tell. <laughs> I will tell you that. Speaking of getting us coming and going, it is time for Tony's takes. Is it oh, 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 it is. Man, time flies. On the good side of Tony's takes, it is powered by Sig Sauer. It is never settle, and nobody's settle. settling. And if you want That's to hear right. the interview with Tom Taylor again, it's on the the uh, America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, the podcast network, and of course, our uh, we'll have it on on YouTube and Rumble as well. Right. It's a nice discussion. Let's go for it. Here it is. Hunter Biden pleads down from felonies to misdemeanors. No jail time. The big guy is happy, but are you? So <laughs> the the honest answer is there's no clear example of the two-tiered system. Now, the other thing you didn't mention, Chris, is that they're <laughs> trying to plead down this uh, ATF form he lied on. Uh, he was actually addicted to a number of things, one of them being drugs, during that time. And he lied on the form. So if you or I lied, that's a felony. That is a felony. It's not like, time. Oh, you, you really, really, you were taking, you, you were taking crack and you, you forgot to tell the truth. Oh, it's just too bad. <clears throat> he's going to try to get off by the fact he's on a, a, this diversion program for two years. So basically he's got to drop the hook hookers and blow for two years and he's going to be okay. Just saying, I don't think he can do it, by the way. I, I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he can do it. I, I don't think he can do it. He'll get away with it. It's I don't not, think so. Anyway, matter. but, but they, they, now the prosecutors have said he's not off the hook yet because as much as anything that the 10% of the big guy is still being looked at. And I hmm. think, I think we're going to come to find that they're going to trace down some of that $30 million he was the bag man from for. So I, I haven't given up hope, nor should you, uh, y'all, because I actually did a, a two hour talk last night where this came up. At, at uh, one of the local um, uh, counties uh, meeting, county meetings here locally. And a lot of people recognize this for what it is. It's, it's clearly not uh, justice. It is um, rich man's footsies with the Justice Department is all it is. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, so what do y'all think? Well, I'm so, I think it's a cover for, I mean, I think it's a convenient uh, case that they of the lower level things they're not even highlighting and so therefore everyone gets satisfied hey look he's he's got looked at he's pleaded da, 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 and then they can let it go and it's like no 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 yeah. you are not even looking at the serious uh implications here you're right. not looking at everything else that happened let alone we've seen all of the images we saw the images before the election where he was miss for all the people who purport to care about gun safety yeah. Where are they when he is yeah. handling a gun with a yeah. female in a way that looks like he doesn't care about human safety? Is well, he put it in a garbage can near a, a playground. That's the other point. So if you mm -hmm. care, if if you care about gun safety, if you care about lives, let's just stop focusing on Americans who have a gun for their safety against the criminals who may be coming against the border with right. traffic mm -hmm. guns and things like this. So you right. support policies that uh, help the criminals. Yet this and then this criminal and you want us to be appeased by this. It's like, no, no, no. This is somebody who has uh, chronically disregarded 
uh, forget morality, but laws and safety. He is a risk by how he man handles that gun uh, with other people in the room. And then how he had it tossed away across like near a grocery store and a school. Right. Where is the outrage on mm -hmm. that? I was wondering, I thought everybody would freak out on that. No, they just don't cover it. They just don't cover it. So aside from that, yeah, I really hope my fear is they're not going to look at further prosecutions. And as it, if everything's under investigation, then he also gets protected from getting asked certain questions. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I would, I really hope more comes out about this. The big guy, all the money, He's a risk for more than this gun situation. It's more yeah. than him lying on a phone, a, a form. It's way worse than this. And that's where I want well, to let it go. I guess he's going to be in yeah. court soon. You know what he's going to plead when he goes to court? What would he's going to he's going he's he's to plead to be a being a Biden. <laughs> uh, and they're gonna say that's, Baldwin that's, that's or Biden. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. one? Baldwin or Biden? I was just thinking that's, the same thing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I will tell uh, on this whole thing with Baldwin and Biden and all these people, Jason Williams. Okay. Jason Williams. Remember the center. For, I, I don't know if you, you're not a sports guy, Tony, but the former center for I the know. New Jersey Nets who was in the prime of his career at the time. He had a, a he was waving a gun around and accidentally shot his driver. Uh, oh, but yeah, holy he was, cow. yeah, he was thrown in prison. So um, let, let's see. Let's see what happens when something serious goes on. But look, as I said, Baldwin got off scot-free. Williams did not. It's funny because Representative Hunt out of Texas was saying there's a two-tiered system. And uh, yeah. it does. And I believe that whole Williams-Baldwin thing actually is a better example than Biden and, uh, and, and the, the Durham investigation at this point. Yeah. Although that's another handle. So here it is. For Tony's take, I have another one for you. Sure. I was watching the uh, Durham report today because I, I had to. The, the Judiciary Committee hearing was <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> aside from a couple of moments, though. Uh, there were some good ones, actually, more than a couple. The left is clinging to the debunked Steele dossier and the Mueller report, but Operation Crossfire and FISA were exposed, or FISA abuses, I should say, were exposed. So what's your take, Tony, overall? So overall, it's very clear that... Uh, you have people living in an alternate reality. Uh, Adam Schiff, all mm -hmm. these folks, I, I almost believe that they, have you ever seen that Star Trek, the original series thing where they're, they're, there's like, Kirk is kind of out of phase and he keeps floating in and out of uh, the starship. I think it's, these people are like that. They're only barely part of our reality <laughs> and they are so far gone, they can li literally lie and believe somehow that their lie is their reality. I, that's oh, the only explanation I have, because, again, you have John Durham stating in detail what the issues are. You've got others going through in, in great, uh, you know, factual ways showing it's a lie, but they, they still want to cling to the lie. It's, it's almost as if they're all Marxists and uh, they become oh. part of a co the Communist Party or something, you know, because there's a saying about that. Where did I have that? I have that somewhere here in my notes. Almost was the funny part. I think almost. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's a what is it? Uh, oh, here it is. For a communist, for a communist, a thing is only true, quote unquote, true if it advances the communist cause. So uh, apparently if it's not true, it doesn't advance their cause. Therefore, they're going to ignore it. That's, That's why they point. say all for the cause. That's exactly exactly. Here's another one. Here's something funny. A Washington group called Protect the Public Trust 
has issued an ethics complaint on uh, John Kerry for his misinformation and inaccurate, inaccurate climate predictions. Oh, God. As you also know, this is that Greta Thunberg <laughs> day where she predicted that uh, something bad was going to happen as well. We're all dead, according yeah, to her. Yeah, I, I don't know. She changes right. her mind all the time anyway. <laughs> How but dare you? Yeah. Johnny, Voice, Johnny Boy still thinks he's right and still thinks he's special. But what's your take? So let me just give a couple of inconvenient facts to quote Al Gore. We are now at the point of where they forecast we would have no polar ice caps. You all know what's going on right now. We're, we are well in, a month into the polar men, melting system, season. You know what's going on right now with the polar ice caps? They're still growing. They're getting bigger. Even now, we're supposed to be now in the phase where they, they melt. They're not melting. There's record mm-hmm. ice in Greenland. How is this possible? Because they don't follow science. It's not about science. And I know it's inconvenient. But I actually got a degree in environmental studies, so there you go. I'm a credential. Well, profitable policies and uh, something right. else. So yeah, so that's the point, Tanya. That they do this because there's profit in it for those who actually want to power grabs and everything yeah. else. So it's so only I'm just true saying, if you believe it's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying Selective for the audience science. to understand this is this is complete science fiction. And anything uh, Greta Thunberg says, I would probably uh, take two shots of vodka first before I listen to what she's saying. Just saying. <laughs> And you don't what drink. I, yeah. And I don't drink. Pelosi, <laughs> right. <that's great. laughs> yeah. so, selective science is coming. That's right. Selective have, science is good. good. I have another one. I want to get you all involved all right. in this and all of these, actually. Ohio Senate Bill 83. It's a proposal that limits discussions surrounding controversial beliefs or policies on college campuses. This is uh, just basically mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, something about. Teachers not pushing a bias on controversial beliefs where it comes to Mm. politics, religion. That's hard to enforce, but it seems to be there on the right track. Uh, But who knows? What's your take, Tony? So I'm a free speech purist. I think that you should have the right to say whatever you feel, be it right or wrong. There is a line of distinction where, you all know, uh, Adam Schiff was up for a censure recently. And uh, it was voted down by some idiotic circumstance by 20 Republicans. I'm all for free speech. I'm not for manipulating information and lying to the American people to create a a narrative. That's where the line should be drawn. So if people want to have strong opinions, present them as opinions, not as fact. And this is my issue with the left. They, They tend to try to put things out that deny science, deny the fact that people have the right to have religion and faith. They're going about right now trying to destroy the very fabric of our nation by destroying our faith in God and things like that. So, uh, like they got the right to be critical and be atheists and go to hell. They want to go to hell. Why should I worry about that? I don't worry about that, but they don't have the right. I'm serious. They don't have the right to tell other people that, you know, that we should shut up about the fact they're going to hell because they're going to hell. Just saying, not, not that's a, you know, right. if they want to go to hell. Who, 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 who am I to say that's bad, but it, you know, it's up to them. I agree. Maybe they're just going to heck though. Maybe it's it not so sense. bad for them. There we go. They're just going to heck. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Tanya, you must have something or, to say about it. Well, I, I, I'm looking at what it says, you know, and, and it's, I would like to read the details more, to be honest, but it's something that should be examined because um, teachers do have a lot of play with how, with how they encourage um, the students before them. And I was with juniors and seniors, so really any age level, you're going to have all the way through college, you know, you're, you're going to have a lot. Of, they're very impressionable all the way up to really young, like 24 and so it, it's uh, it's concerning. The whole thing's been concerning for a while. I see this as an attempt to address a lot of that. 
but at the same time, the devil's in the details always, and then how it's implemented. And I think you should always encourage students to have critical thinking skills and to think for themselves and to question facts. I always was, because kind of like that, I like, I like to uh, share opposing viewpoints and so allow them to, I, I, I was, I learned myself through a debate experience, uh, talking points on both uh, sides of uh, controversial issues. This was way back when, before the internet and everything. So I would teach myself by ex examining the best points of view of every, so I had to decipher a lot myself. Well, nowadays they definitely do, and they can be encouraged and propagandized in the classroom. However, it reads as if it can squash that critical thinking and that discussion. And that means then the students are only exposed to what? The textbook? Yeah, no, I agree. And so we got to wrap it up. And we'll, this is another a debate topic that we want to pick back up on and expand <laughs> because I'm with you. Critical thinking is the one thing we all should agree upon. That's something we have yep. to preserve and get into school. So anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you all for joining The Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer. Uh, it's been great having uh, the team here, Chris, Elizabeth, and Tanya. We'll be back again next week with another set of compelling discussion and point of view issues that we'll go through. So again, thanks to Cherie Curry for our bumper music. God bless you, Cherie. Have fun on tour, and uh, we'll talk to you all real soon.